Blog Talk Radio. Hello? We're here, Larry. Oh, okay. How's everybody doing? Good evening and welcome to Beauty Talk um, for today, October 15th. Uh, 2009, and I'm Janice, your host, and my sister will be joining us shortly. And tonight, we are blessed with um, Larry Sims. How are you, Larry? Good. How are you? Thank you for having me. I was trying not to laugh (laughs) because um, (laughs) you're like, hello? (laughs) How's everybody doing? (laughs) I'm like, okay, But um, that's fine. That's not a problem. <laughs> but um, we're glad to have you here, and we just wanted to let everybody know that if you want to call in, ask a question, or make a comment, you can call in by dialing 914-803-4399. Again, it's 914-803-4399, or you can send questions to info at illusionsbeauty.com. Um, Larry, before we start, I just have to say, well, welcome again, number one, but I just have to say this before we start. Um, I remember on the set of Stomp the Yard. Yes. Um, I remember on the hair and makeup trailer, um, you were, I don't know, I guess walking past or getting ready to walk off the trailer, and I remember you saying that you did hair. Yes. And I was like, really? And I I really wanted to know right then and there more about it, but I think you were walking off and we were still working. But I wanted to point out that it was another. It was a hairstylist on um, the trailer. You know, when you when you walked off, she said, um, and I actually really don't remember the, her exact words, but her attitude was, "Oh, please, he he probably don't do hair." Um, <laughs> and I had to say, and I had to tell you that I had to say that because. I was like, well, he said he does hair. I was like, I would love to see some of his work. And, um, you know, so my thought was, for me, that excited me because I'm like, okay, he's a dancer on this show, and he says he does hair, so I want to see what this is all about. And her first thought was, he doesn't do hair. She was probably afraid you wanted to take her job or something like that. But Isn't it funny I, how people, you know, they, they automatically bounce to the negative without giving absolutely. anybody the benefit of the doubt? Absolutely, and I had to say that because since then, seeing your work, you know, on you know your different uh, sites, uh, MySpace, Facebook, seeing your work, I have to say that I was so inspired. I'm not a hairstylist, but <laughs> I was so inspired. <laughs> it, I, I really wanted to call her up and say, "See, look, look what you thought he didn't do." You know, it's exactly. Just, Really amazing. Um, like, like, I don't know, I want you to tell us all about it. So I don't know, like, when you started hair and all of that, but 
I feel like you've come a long way, and I don't even know how far you've come. But it it made me so proud that you were my child or something because, you know, it made me want to say, gosh, I want to just call her up, tell her to check this out, you know, see what she didn't know, you know. So tell us a little bit about who you are, how you got started, and how you became how you became a hairstylist after being a dancer all these years. Okay, yeah. So, um, you know, it's or really how interesting. how you became a dancer, Larry, after being a hairstylist. Right, exactly. You know, I knew that I knew, I knew that I um, loved hair before I knew that I loved dance. Um, but I never thought that I would be a hairstylist. You know, growing up in Chicago, and, and I'm sure a lot of other places, um, you know, you, you go to beauty salons on Saturdays, and you that first thing in the morning, and you're there until, you know, late at night just getting your hair done. And my mother was one of those women who were at the beauty salon every Saturday. And basically, I used to have to find some sort of joy in just sitting there. And, you know, the more I... <laughs> <laughs> you know, the more I sat there, the more I watched, and, and I just became enthralled in it. And I remember just being a kid and watching um, the Charlie's Angels and, and, mm-hmm. and admiring Farrah's hair and Linda mm-hmm. Carter, you know, Wonder Woman, admiring her hair, Jane Kennedy and Vanessa Williams and all these other beautiful women. And, you know, I just always was attracted to, to beautiful hair, even, you know, with dating um, my earlier girlfriends at the time. Um mm-hmm. You know, their hair attracted me to them, and then their personality. Right. But anyway, I'm sorry. No, I was laughing. I'm like, the hair first, then the personality. <laughs> Isn't that a mess? It's a mess. Yeah. It's a mess. I know it's a mess. So, <laughs> you know, I, I just wasn't, I wasn't attracted to a girl whose hair was Bama. I just wasn't. So, right. um, you know, one thing led to another, man. Um, I eventually, you know, I went to performing arts high school, so I kind of had the best of both worlds, meaning um, I was a theater major, and they had dance as a major also, but I was really um, wanting to be an actor at the time, and um, for all of the school plays and whatnot, I would um, be asked to style the girl's hair. You know, we did period pieces, and, and, you know, just a few of my friends at school knew that I knew how to style hair, and you know, it just kind of went from there. But I put hair on the back burner um, because I started dancing with a guy by the name of Kashmir in high school. He sings um, this one record called It's Time for the Percolator. Yeah, uh, I was that thing sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, the Percolator record. So, yeah, um, yeah it, it was really cool with that. And, and really, once I started figuring out that I could make money being a dancer, mm-hmm. um that kind of skyrocketed. So hair was just something that I did that was a hobby. And, you know, dancing really took me around the world. And I didn't go to college. It was like go to college or go to Africa on the tour. I went to right. Africa. And, and, you know, that kind of like started off my whole passport experience. And, and that really? was just the key to the world for me. And it just wow. kind of went from there. Let me ask you this. I can't remember if you said this or not. Um, but you're from Chicago, right? I'm from Chicago. Okay, okay. That's what I thought. Yep, I'm from Chicago, born and raised, the west side. <laughs> so you you go to Africa. I go to and Africa. And then, then what from Africa? I mean, you okay, so I'm going to Africa, and this is it for me. This is it's going to be dance. This is how I'm going to make my living. When, yeah, at what, 
I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, how long did you did you do that? And then at what point did you say, okay, I think I want to try this hair thing now? Right, exactly. So, you know, being that young and being that passionate about dance, it was just dance, 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 dance. And, you know, any of my friends that were dancers would pay me, you know, on the side to do their hair. And that's <laughs> what my main focus was. So I left Chicago in 99 and decided mm-hmm. to move to Los Angeles. Um, now, prior to me moving to Los Angeles, um, I had assisted Ronnie Flowers, who actually was Michelle Obama's hairstylist when I was in between dance gigs, um, you know, and, and worked at a couple of prestigious salons as, a, as an assistant um, while I was, of course, in between dance gigs as well. And, you know, so I never lost that knack for hair or, or that passion for it, um, but I was just driven to become a hairstylist. I worked with R. Kelly and Sparkle and Public Announcement and Shante Savage and a host of others that were Chicago-based. When I moved to Los Angeles in 99, um, you know, I started working with Black, um, Lisa Lefai Lopez's group, and 3LW. Eventually, um, I started working with Missy Elliott and Puffy, and um, everybody that I worked with, basically, that were women, found out that I knew how to style hair, and asked me to do their hair, and I became like a dancer-slash-hairstylist on the so road. So was this – oh, that's what's great, actually, was it when you were on the road? Exactly. Yeah, so I guess that was saving a lot of money for them, I guess, instead of having to hire a, a lot of money. But what was really interesting about that is that they never wanted to pay me hairstylist rates. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? I mean, not to put anybody on blast, I would, you know, it, it was definitely the exposure and it, and it helped drive the passion. But mm-hmm. it was like, we're not paying this dancer this day rate that these other ha- established hairstylists are getting. We're going to pay him, you know, the you're going to do my hair on the side rate. Well, how many of them are calling you now? <laughs> you right. know what's so funny? You know, it, the tables have been turned and, um, I think a lot of people thought when I decided not to dance anymore and, um, you know, put your career as a hairstylist that, you know, a lot of people thought, what is your problem? You know what I mean? What are you doing? You're at the top of your game as a dancer. You're traveling. You're making the money. But, you know, I was just like, I don't want to be 40 years old auditioning for Britney Spears. Well, that's what I was getting ready to say because I was going to say, at some point you're going to get a little too old to be dancing traveling the world, you know, maybe you switch to being a choreographer or you move on to something else. So to me, that that's not crazy to me. I mean, when I sit and I think about it, you can't dance forever, but you can do hair forever. Exactly. You know, your body doesn't break down so much doing hair. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I just knew that, like, I stopped dancing at 26. Um, well, I'm not, I didn't completely stop dancing, but I decided to leave Los Angeles at 26 mm-hmm. to um, go back to Chicago. I went to Pivot Point International, um, which is the same school that Andre, that does Oprah's hair, went to. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of like the um, it's kind of like the Harvard of hair, if you may. Okay. okay. I went there for a time, and it took me a year, and then thereafter i uh, me and missy really great friends um she had asked me to work with her personally um 
you know, as her executive assistant, and, you know, I worked with her label and was styling her hair. So for two years, we kind of partied and worked really hard and, you know, mashed out two albums. And um, from there, I moved back to Los Angeles and did a couple of dance films, Dreamgirls, um, and Stomp the Yard, which is where I met you lovely ladies. Oh. <laughs> so actually you want when you when you came to do Dream Girls and Stop the Yard, you had just kinda of gotten back into the dance world at that point. I had just gotten back into the dance world. Well, I actually never yeah. really stopped because, you know, I guess I, I have like a blessed story. With me being in Chicago and relocating, I thought that I wasn't gonna dance at all. But when I got back there, Selena Johnson actually hired me to do choreography for which um, kept money in my pocket. That was really a blessing while I was in school for a time. And also, Missy, the most loyal employer that I've ever had, um, She, Missy had me working probably through four albums, four or five of her albums. And um, even when I went to Chicago, she was very supportive of me getting my cosmetology license. And um you know, would fly me from Chicago to go and do tour, you know, to, to, oh, wow. to go and perform with her. And, um, you know, and we did that for two years after I was done with school. So she was fantastic. Wow. Yeah, she she kept money in my pocket. That, that's amazing. <laughs> that's Definitely. an amazing story. I mean, because you. you could have gone back to Chicago with, with no job while you were going to school. And then you could have tried to go back to L.A. and, you know, nobody's here to do. So but nobody's here to do, exactly. Yeah. So that's amazing. So you're, you're back in L.A. What are, your, what are you doing when you're not working with your celebrity clients? Jeez, when I'm not working with my celebrity clients, um, I have been I've been doing a lot of traveling and um when I'm not working with my celebrity clients I do my regular girls you know I have a private salon studio I worked in Beverly Hills for a couple of years and decided to do my own thing and um basically I renovated one of the rooms in my house and created a, a really cool little salon studio and um my celebrity girls come through my regular girls come through my regular girls get their wash and blows you know those mm-hmm. the, the, the your regular working girls are your foundation, to be honest. Absolutely. Those, are the, those are the girls that appreciate you and, and will be there with you, you know, um, through thick and thin. You know, I love my celebrity girls, but a lot of my – not my celebrity girls particularly, but celebrities in general like to try out right. different people, and they should be able to. So you can never really depend on any right. type of loyalty in that aspect of the business. But my regular girls – they rock with me, and, and I, I, I make sure through my celebrity clients that I, I get them taken care of. Right. Okay, so can you tell us who some of your celebrity clients are? Uh, some of my celeb clients um, have been and are thus far. Um, I've worked with Victoria Beckham. Um, she took me on the Spice Girls tour, which was a lot of fun. Um, through her, I'd worked with Mel B, her husband, David. I did all of the Armani campaign underwear ads with him. Um, I'm doing Wanda Sykes now. As a matter of fact, I'm about to start the Wanda Sykes show that um, is about to air on Fox Television. Queen Latifah just started doing Gabrielle Union, worked with Kerry Washington, um, Garcelle Bouvier, um, have worked with Megan Good, have worked with um, Eve, 
Jeez. I mean, I, I've had a blessed career to have been doing this for professionally on that level for just about two and a half, three years. Wow. Okay. So some of the, some of your uh, new celebrity clients are um, seem to have just left another popular hairstylist, huh? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, keep it moving. <laughs> they, ha- you know, uh, you know. I you know I I don't get into anybody else's situations you know what I do is you know I'm not one of those hairstylists that point out to my clients what the last hairstylist did wrong right. to give myself brownie points right right you know you know what I mean and a lot of people do that so whoever my other girls have gone to before you know I say they did a good job and they you know maybe they just want to try something else and. I'm right. just really honored and, and well, humbled you're by happy it. About it. Well, I'm, let me I'm ask humbled you. and happy about the opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let me ask you. Okay, so you worked in the salon a few years in Beverly Hills. Now you have your own private studio with your your um, um, your everyday clients as well as your celeb clients. You know, and I know quite a few hairstylists who you know work in salons or work in their own private studios, and but they also work as a freelance, you know, hairstylist. They may go on films from time to time to work, which, you know, could be anywhere from a month to three, four, five months. How do you maintain your 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 salon or studio client base when you have to leave and go travel with a Kerry Washington or, you know, or a Queen Latifah? You know, let's say you have to go off somewhere and be gone for a couple of weeks. How do you maintain your... your um, your salon client base or your studio client base? You know, I, I I feel lucky because my girls will be like, well, we're not going to anybody else until you come home. And okay. the the fortunate thing about having your own business is that, especially with it being um, where I reside, is I make up my own hours. You know, my girls come here, it can be 10 o'clock at night, and, you know, we'll have our wine and cheese, and mm-hmm. I get it done for them. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. we make it happen, and you know, I, I don't have to abide by anybody else's rules or hours. And you know, they rock with me. They, you know, if I'm in town for a day or two, you know, I'm piling them in. Mm-hmm. You know what? That's a good point because you know, I know some um, hairstylists who struggle with that, and they're like, "Well, you know, I make more in the salon than I do per day on a film. Um, you know, maybe I shouldn't, you know, take these film jobs or what have you." But one of the things that you you just said, you know, because your studio is in your home, you have your own hours. And I would think that if I were your client and you could take me any day of the week, any hour of the day, that would be something I would I would really remember and kind of cherish and be like, okay, I can wait till he comes back, you know what I mean, and, and not wander off. I, you know, I've always told people you should know more than one hairstylist. If you can't, you know, get what you need when you need it, then you should always have someone else that you could go to. Because a lot of their concerns is that, you know, if they go and do a film for two, three months, when they come back, they've lost almost half of their clientele. Yeah, and, that's true. That's very know, true. That's very think, true. Um, yeah, what I was going to say is, you know, it, it also is about, making sure that you have people around you that, you know, aren't 
competitive and it's like a camaraderie or a brotherhood. For example, my good my brother and my good friend um, Johnny Wright that does um, the first lady's hair now, uh, Mrs. Obama. He calls me when you know um, because he lived here before. As, as a matter of fact, he used to be my neighbor. He, you know, he calls me or has his clients call me when he's not in town or, or when he's unavailable to do their hair. And, you know, I do the same for him and, and other clients, not clients, but other stylists as well. Lawrence that does um, mm-hmm. Jennifer Hudson, you know, we've bounced back and forth on each other with referrals. So, you know, when you have a, a group of people or, or a small circle of people around you that know that um, that that their first um their first goal is to make sure that hair care is um, their number one priority and your clients are going to be taken care of. And, you know, it's like a team effort. So it all kind of just works out in that capacity. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that's a good point. I think um, some styles who struggle with that need to, need to remember that if you have a good team of people that are, you know, that you're surrounded by that could, you know, take your clients when you can't do them and vice versa, um, things should work out. Yeah. Well, speaking of um, hair care, Larry, can you give us any tips, any hair care tips? You know what's really funny? Um, I was just talking to a client the other day about um, relaxers versus natural, and this whole thing with Chris Rock's movie, you know, has stirred up a, a huge conversation amongst black women and um, white women as well about mm-hmm. Um, hair care and and what's healthy or what's not or what's good or what's not. Um, 95% of my clientele are wearing their natural hair. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, I think that it's really important to um, point out that, you know, I'm I'm not saying that natural hair is better than relaxed hair, you know, to each its own, but what I've noticed with my clients is that with having natural hair, their hair um, is definitely more manageable as far as um, body is concerned and thickness is concerned, and um, they see less breakage, they see less shedding, and, um, you know, you can get that same bouncy, beautiful, shiny hair without um, using a lot of chemicals. Mm-hmm. Now, um, true or false, there are just as many white women with hair extensions or weaves as there are black women? Oh, it's extremely true. I put some in them. I've added to that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because I always, I, always make that, I, make, I always make that statement, but, you know, most men don't believe that. Most black men want to believe that only black women wear weaves. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. There was just a picture of one of the Kardashian sisters getting to show in. Wasn't there one of those I saw somewhere? Yeah. I, I mean, if she Chloe was getting a po- <laughs> I know she was getting a po- <laughs> Yes, exactly. I mean, like, she was getting a full-on show in, and I'm not mad at her for it. You, you know, know, I'm like... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Whoever is doing her hair is rocking it out, definitely. So, yeah, I mean, those girls, as a matter of fact, to be honest with you, I've made more money or you know, white women have paid me more to do their extensions than black women because the their procedure is different. Right. Oh, how so? How, how is the procedure different? Well, the procedure that I do on um, all of my Caucasian 
sisters out there is um, a strand-by-strand method, and um, I've been trained in the great – it's called great links. Um, That's one particular method. There are several out there on the market. I mean, you could use the metal clamps. You can use – bonding glue, you can use, um, you know, a lot of other methods. The one that I use the most is the great lengths method. And um, it's basically a strand-by-strand method, and the hair is bonded with um, a keratin bond, which is protein, which is what our hair is made of, which makes it one of the healthiest procedures for Caucasian women out there. So let me ask you, um, are there Caucasian – now, can Caucasian women have sewn in them? Or is the hair too fine for that? No, they definitely can. Um, I've done that procedure as well. The thing about sewing hair onto a Caucasian woman's head is that you have to make sure that with doing the foundation, which are the cornrows that are on your scalp, you have to use synthetic hair. Because if you don't use synthetic hair, the actual tracks are going to be too heavy, and then it's going to eventually slip, especially when they get their hair wet. And that's for for, for some black women as well. That is for some black women as well. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I tell my assistant to um, use synthetic hair at least on the parameters of right. all of my clients because that's where the hair is weakest. That's where you see the most breakage. You know, African-American women have had a history of having problems with their edges. You know, we got we fight with our edges, boy. So, <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> Uh, and just, you know, so I, I just want to make sure that, you know, with doing hair extensions on my girls that um, any brander that I use um, just uses, you know, synthetic hair as a reinforcement versus just braiding, you know, the weaker hair along the hairline without that extra reinforcement. Now, can I ask um, what you charge for hair weaves? I'm, I'm honestly just asking for myself. I'll be I know that's right. That, <laughs> you know what? I I started off. It, it, my prices have fluctuated through my life of doing hair. I used to do hair weaves for two hundred dollars, one hundred fifty dollars back when I used to do the strippers back in Chicago, and <laughs> you know I I never really felt confident enough to evolve into um, charging higher prices. And um, one of my Teachers, actually, in school, in beauty school, she said, baby, no matter what, don't be afraid to charge what you are worth. So, you know, with that in mind, I've I've definitely gone from 150 to 750 But, you know, a lot of times what I've had to do, especially with this economy, is that, you know, I've definitely adjusted my rates with whatever my clients can afford. You know, I'm, you know I try to keep it the same all the way around but if you know one of my clients has been coming to me for a very long time and is down and out because of this economy i definitely make sure she gets taken care of because i would rather keep her as a client and keep her hair healthy than to have her go somewhere else with somebody that charges less that may not potentially have um the integrity of her hair in mind so so is that one of your main goals, um, being a stylist, is making sure that your clients have healthy hair? And I know that may sound like a stupid question, but just, you know, through, throughout the years I've gone to several stylists, you know, and a lot of them were excellent stylists as far as, um, you know, how nice your hair looked when it was finished, you know, and that kind of thing. But 
some of them weren't always the best with, um, you know, trying to make sure your hair was in its greatest condition. Some would just, you know, they would just do your hair, and that's it. So is that, like, one of your main goals? Yeah, you know, I was taught by Ronnie Flowers, um, like I said, at Van Cleef Hair Salon in Chicago, and also Ken Pavis, mm-hmm. who is a Caucasian hairstylist that has worked magic for, you know, um, people like Christina Aguilera and um, Jessica Simpson and, um, mm-hmm. you know, even Longoria, and the list goes on and on. It, you know, they've always instilled in me never compromising the integrity of one person's hair um, for the sake of a hairstyle. So I, I grew up, you know, I was trained with that with that model in mind, and I always make sure that, you know, I make sure that all everybody's hair that I touch is, is taken care of and, and it's healthy. You know, it's like nourishment. You need to make sure that you handle the hair correctly. You have to make sure that your energy is right or the person that, you know, who's sitting in your chair's energy is right. And, and you know, you got to make sure that they walk away from you with feeling beautiful and also having healthy hair outside of being with you. You know how sometimes you can go to a salon and your hair looks beautiful and it looks healthy, and then you get home three days later, it's brittle and breaking off? Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, I try to make sure that all my girls, when they get home, they feel the same way that they felt when they were in my chair. Right. Wow. And we have a question from the chat room. And uh, they want to know, how long does your weave last? And what is the best length of time to have it in? And that's a question I want to know, too, because some people say, you know, no longer than two months before you take it out. And if you're going to redo it, you know, two months should be the max. And, you know, I agree with that, actually. I mean, I've had girls that have gone for three months. and, And, you know, as a matter of fact, I had one girl. God bless her. You know, she had went for almost five months. And talk about the dreadlock that was underneath that weed when she had took that. <laughs> Jesus. I was like, you got to pay somebody to take that down because that's ridiculous. But, you know, at the same time, that that's my point. She could not afford to come and get her hair done again. So she just held on to that weed. Now, for me, what I've done in the past with some of my regulars is that if they can't afford to come and get their hair taken out, it's like, baby, come and get your hair taken out and, you know, let's work it out versus you holding on to something and it potentially damaging your hair. My rule of thumb is two months, eight weeks, no matter what kind of style it is, take your hair out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then I want to go back to my prices also. I said 750 for my hair extensions, but, of course, that's not including, you know, um, how much it would cost for the hair. And that varies right. the price as well. So, um, right. you know. Now, now when, you do that, when you do that, you said it doesn't include the price for the hair. Do you normally let your clients bring in the hair themselves, or is it something where you um, get the hair for them, or how does it work? Yeah, so, I, you know, I, I don't sell hair, but I have an amazing place in Los Angeles, and I'm going to give them a plug right now. Um, it's called Indo-Asian Hair. I know a lot of people go to, um, I'm not going to say the other hair places, but this is the place that I go to. That's the place I go to to get my hair. It, it, you know, it's beautiful hair. It lasts. And I, I think that it's really important for women to get more bang for their buck. I think that it's great for women to go out and spend a couple of extra hundred more dollars on gray hair and use it 
or a few different weaves versus right. buying cheap hair. Because it's just, you know, you're throwing money out when, you, when you're buying the cheap hair, unless you just want a, a quick fix and, and, you know, you got it like that. But most of my girls, they like to reuse their hair. Right. Mm-hmm. And how long would you suggest reusing the hair? Some, some good uh, hair, how long would you suggest you reusing it? Like how long can you keep it? I've had girls that have kept their good hair um, up to at least a year. We've used mm-hmm. the same hair for at least a year, definitely. Okay. And of course, that's different when you when you have short styles. I mean, you can definitely go for something a little less expensive if we're chopping it all off. Like um, right. what I've done with um, you know a couple of my girls is they've had long hair naturally. We've braided it up. We've sewn them down. Give them a shortcut. They don't have to use the crazy expensive hair. You know, they can go a less expensive route, but still of good quality. Of good quality, right? Exactly. Now. Now, this Indo-Asian hair, is that the name of the establishment that sells it? That's the name of the establishment that sells it, yes. Okay. Do you have a, a number or a website or a location? Yes, it's actually in Inglewood, California, and um, it's on a street called Manchester for everybody out there. And I think that... Yeah, I mean, you can Google it, you know what I mean, You can, if you ever want to find out. But it's two different words. It's Indo, I-N-D-O, Asian, A-S-I-A-N, hair. As a matter of fact, I just found the card for all of you lucky listeners. All right, so the phone number to Indo Asian is 310-677-6498. Again, that's 310-677-6498. And their website is www.iahhi.com, www.iahhi.com. Okay. Let me ask you, can I just ask this one question really quickly from the chat room again? They want to know where you're located. Somebody wants to say I'm in in Los Angeles, California. Okay. do you have? Can they check, can they contact you via your your website? Yeah, absolutely. Let me give you my um, my agent's website actually with some of um, the most of my artists, well not artists but clients um, that are up there. Um, that website is www.eamgmt.com. www.ea mgmt.com. That's exclusive artist management. Those are the people that represent me, and I love them to death. They're my family. And if anybody needs to get in touch with me directly um, with any questions or advice, I can always be reached at Larry, L-A-R-R-Y, Jarrah, J-A-R-A-H, Sims, S-I-M-S, at Mac.com, M-A-C.com, Larry Jarrah Sims at Mac.com. All right. So, Larry, let me ask you a quick question because I'm, you know, I'm listening to everything we've talked about tonight, and you know, you mentioned a little bit about Chris Chris uh, Rock and the Good Hair um, documentary, and then you traveled the world, you you work with all these celebrity clients, and so you you you've worked with Caucasian hair, you've worked with um, um, African American hair, and my question is, since you know, this conversation, this show is about beauty. How do you feel or believe, based on all the things that you've experienced, that you've seen, 
how do you believe, well, what do you believe um, Hollywood's view is on beauty? What do I believe Hollywood's view is on beauty? Hmm, that's a good question. You know, Hollywood, it, it's really interesting because I don't know if you guys have seen the story or heard the story about the model, the Calvin Klein. Is she a Calvin Klein model? I think she was. Or was it Ralph Lauren? Maybe it was Ralph Lauren. I don't want to say the wrong thing, but there was a model, basically, who had been working with a major line, a, a major fashion line, for very many years, and she said that she basically got fired because she was told that she looked fat or gained weight. And she said that she had worked with them since she was a young girl, and she has basically gained uh, maybe five pounds, she said, since she started her contract. And when you see the picture of, you know, the ad, it, it's like an ad or a cover to a magazine, they clearly photoshopped her to be smaller. And, you know, I think that that's a problem. I think that that sends out the wrong message. I think that, you know, um, Hollywood definitely put, puts um, being perfect, on, on on people like they, you know people see celebrities on television and you know some some of these celebrities unfortunately feel the need to get cosmetic surgery and you know I'm not saying any names but sometimes that hasn't worked out for the best and I think that that sends a wrong message to young girls especially that maybe are aspiring to be as beautiful as what they think you know some of these celebrities look like you know and, and they feel like maybe well. Because she went and got a boob job, maybe I need to get a boob job. Or if she went and got her face pulled back and now she looked like a cat woman, maybe that's what I need to do. You know, I, I think that a lot of women put um, a lot of celebrities or, or the image of celebrity puts that type of pressure on people. And, you know, I think natural beauty is the most beautiful to me. And, you know, um, you know, and it, it starts from within. It really does. It starts from you know, our parents telling us that we're beautiful, you know, it, it starts from um, us believing in ourselves and being comfortable with our nappy hair or our, our kinkier textures and embracing those things and, and, and wearing them proudly. Um, I'm a dark-skinned brother, you know. The first time somebody said I was cute, you know, outside of my mom and my family, I was like, whoa, you know, or, or handsome because I grew up, you know, and in my day and age, people call me skillet. And 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 blacky and and mole and you know just harsh things and you know I, I just think that you know it, it's really important for us as a people to embrace our natural beauty and we all come in in different sizes and and different shapes and I'm loving the variety that's out there. Absolutely. Well, I guess you kind of you kind of answered almost another question that I wanted to ask a little later, but uh, <laughs> I was just going to ask you later as we were fading out of the show, what beauty meant to you. But I think you kind of summed all of that up in that Hollywood question. Right, right. I'm sorry. I just kind of went on a tangent. Oh, no. That's okay. <laughs> I did. I went on a tangent because it's really, you know, it's true to my heart. It really is. And, and I think the people that are affected the most are, are young brothers and sisters that want to emulate what they think celebrity is and, and what they think beauty is or what they think coolness is. And, you know, I, I think that we just, you know, there's nothing wrong with enhancements like hair extensions or anything like that, and I'm not one to judge anybody that decides to go get a shot of Botox or two to, you know, take away a line or so. But 
I just don't want people to feel like that's the premise of beauty and that's what you have to do to be notified, you know, to be signified as, you know, being beautiful. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we have Maxie on the line. Hi, Maxie. Hi. How are you? Um, well, I have a lot to say. <laughs> Since we're talking about hair, I mean, I felt like he was talking about me about that woman that had the hair in for five months because when I had had extensions in, um, <laughs> I, and, and look, I could get them done every week, but I just, as soon as they were put in, they started dreading up at the base. Wow. And... And then, so I was just like, whatever, they're already dreaded, so I just kept them in for guess how long. Oh, oh God. Jesus. My hair that. went from short to long, let's just say that. And <laughs> when they were taken out, which took hours to remove these extensions, I mean, they literally had to pick through. My hair was all one dread at the bottom. Uh, but, <laughs> But when it was done, my hair was long and flawless. It was totally worth it waiting. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but you know what? Another thing I wanted to say is that, like, on all the hip-hop videos that I've worked on in my life, which is, like, hundreds, um, I've seen hair burnt off. I've seen ovens too hot and hair just flying off, like, chunks of hair. And I'm talking off of, like, not tracked hair. Real hair just yeah. coming off, and yeah. um, and also what I noticed is that it's not really the the actual the tracks being. Everyone thinks that like extensions ruin or damage your hair, but what I noticed it's the removal of the yeah. extensions that really affect how your hair is going to come out. Because people just cut out the thread and cut your hair with it, like if they don't tend. <laughs> If they don't tend to it when they're removing it, then Absolutely. it's really, you know, you when you agree with that, it's the that? removal process. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm always afraid of, the removal process. Yeah. Absolutely. So, but anyhow, so I enjoyed point. listening. I enjoyed oh, listening to to you guys this whole time, what, by the way. What were, you, what were you getting ready to say, Larry? I, I was going to say, no, absolutely, you are making a great point. Um, there have been so many instances where I've seen or heard of of people that same problem, getting their hair removed, and you know, bam, you cut one thread. And you know, a lot of people, if they don't have the your, their integrity of your hair as their first priority, their first, you know, if 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 they're just trying to get your hair out, especially if it's weaved, some of your hair you know, potentially is going to get cut if they are not taking their time. And that's an unfortunate thing. You know, there's a business out here, and I thought it was actually genius. Um, I don't know if she's still in business, but, you know, I did some stuff with um, Tyra Banks. I worked with Top Model on um, maybe three or four seasons. And one season she had brought in a company that actually is called Takedown here in Los Angeles. I think they're called Takedown. And what they do is they take down your hair, and it's a whole process. They they condition it. They, you know, they they do all kind of spiritual stuff over it. And you know, I just thought <laughs> that it was a really a really interesting concept for because I, you know nobody had ever you know been in the business of taking down your hair and taking it down properly, properly. Right. You know, so 
Yeah, definitely. That's a big thing that women have to make sure they watch out for. And sometimes women, like, I I remember, like, I mean, every t- people lose, like, 60 hairs a day. And those attach exactly. to the track. And a lot of times people think um, that the hair that's on the track is, like, hair that's been ripped out or damaged from the track being on there. But it's just natural hair removal, daily hair. Natural what shedding. is it? Expo- yeah, it's shedding. shedding of a person. So, but, so, uh, and I've heard hairdressers give that excuse and say, oh, that's just your daily loss of hair. You know what I mean? That's just because we lose our hair six years a day. Here's your chunk of hair that you lost. But, uh, <laughs> meanwhile, pulling out actually, all they were hair. cutting through. Cutting, cutting, cutting. Yeah, but, meanwhile, uh, you have two hairs on your head after you're done. Yes. Oh, but, wow. Um, anyhow, that was pretty much my five minutes. But, anyhow, so um, I think you guys have so much more to talk with this gentleman. Like, I'm going to continue to listen. And it was nice talking to all y'all, and I'll talk to you next week. All right. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. So, Larry, what does it take for you to prepare for a job with one of your celebrity clients? Gosh, you know what? When it's something that, um, or somebody that I haven't worked with before, I like to do tons of research. Um, I, I like to, you know, um, see what they've looked like on the carpet prior to working with me before. Um, I, I like to, you know, see what type of hair they have or what type of hair they use. You know, I show up to jobs with tons of hair. I have like a hair collection. I probably am my own beauty supply because <laughs> – I got blondes, blacks, reds, orange, greens, wavy, straight, long. I mean, you know, it, the list goes on and on. So, you know, I like to sort through my hair and, and make sure that as far as extensions are concerned, you know, if we're doing clip-ins or sew-ins or, or, or anything like that, you know, I, I have my kit in order. And I like to also use reference sheets, you know, if, if it's a fashion spread that we're doing. I, I like to come with ideas, so I like to pull tears that inspire me, you know, not to do that that exact thing on whoever I'm working with, but to draw some level of inspiration from it and show them, you know, so that we can be on the same page because the biggest thing with hair and makeup, I think, is that it never is the exact same thing when they say it to you and you do right. it versus right. when they show you a picture or you show them a picture and you kind of know which way you're going. Absolutely. Right. So true. So, yeah, that's how I prepare usually. Well, what kind of advice would you give a hairstylist who wants to work? Well, first of all, for those who aspire to be a hairstylist, period, what kind of advice would you have for them? And then for those who want to go further and work in entertainment. Right. Um I think personally, and this isn't, you know, to shut down anybody else's because, it, you know, I say do you. I say if, if it's on your heart, if it's inspiring you to become a hairstylist, then do it. But I think that hair, just like with makeup, is a thing of passion, and you have to have a natural talent for it. I don't think that it's – I don't think it can be taught. You know, I, I, I was in school, for example, with – uh, a woman, an older woman, who really didn't excel because she was a um, uh, she was a cop, she was a police officer, and decided that she didn't want to run the beat anymore, and she wanted to become a hairstylist. 
But she had said to me, I've never done hair. I've never touched hair. I've never done my own hair, Larry. So I don't know how I'm going to pull this off, but I want to be a hairstylist. I mean, I say go for it, but I think that the most talented hairstylists are the hairstylists that have, you know, a natural, a natural basically touch for hair. So, um, and as far as anybody that wanted to get in the industry, what I did was I always wanted to be around successful people. So do your research and, and whatever town you're in, just go and, and be around the successful people that have done um, or, or have accomplished the things that, that you want to accomplish in your career. I remember, you know, for example, you have to be humble. You have to be humble. You have to work hard, you know, from, you know, being on tour and traveling around the world and making money as a dancer, you know, and even, you know, working with celebrities as a hairstylist. When I got back to L.A., I had to start off grassroots. I had to start off ground zero like nothing. You know, I went in and I was washing, I was shampooing hair for a successful hairstylist out here that I admired and then eventually, you know, got the opportunity to work with Kim Pavis because I danced with Jessica Simpson on an award show. And with Kim Pavis, I went in and I assisted him and I cleaned out his bags and and I, I carried his stuff for him. But at the time, and, and still so, he is one of the most successful hairstylists that's in this business. And, mm-hmm. you know, that his success is, I've, I've, been, I've, been, I've benefited from, you know, just being around him. And, and you know, he is the per, he's the reason why I started working with the Victoria Beckham. You know, his people, her people actually called for him and, he was like, well, I'm off doing Jennifer Lopez, but use Larry Sims. And that's kind of how it all started. And, and one horse got another horse running. And basically that's mm-hmm. been the story of my career. And, you know, it's all because basically I've worked hard and I've also just surrounded myself around successful people. Mm-hmm. Wow. That, that's um, some good advice because you're right. If you don't have a natural uh, gift, and a passion for it, then it, you know, it may not go far. Exactly. It's it's just a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Nothing is impossible, but it's right. just a lot harder to do. Like, I couldn't even imagine the plight that I would have to go to if I said, okay, I want to be, uh, I want to build buildings. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I, or, or, or even with makeup. I, I think what you guys do is so amazing and it's such an art form. And some people are blessed to be able to do hair and makeup, but I know my strength. I can't do makeup like y'all do makeup. I just can't. And I can't do hair like you do hair. So. <laughs> I just can't. I told, I'm like, this one guy asked me if I do brows. I was like, yeah, if you don't want none. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't do color. I don't color hair. I, my uh-huh. motto is, if come to me to color your hair if you want to be either orange or green. <laughs> <laughs> if you want me to do your makeup, you're going to look dead or gray. Oh, my <laughs> God. Well, at least I'm telling you. Yeah, I mean, you know I'm, where your talents lie, so. <laughs> I mean, you just got to be honest. You know, I leave it up to you guys. You guys are so talented at what you do, so, and I respect it wholeheartedly. Absolutely, absolutely. It's that's hilarious, though. But at least you, you know, at least you can be honest and say that. Um, (laughs) So I guess you. So your clients, um, 
So I guess do they know coming in that you don't do color and they, they go somewhere else or you send them somewhere else or how does that work? Oh, uh, yeah, with the power of extensions, boy, you know, I don't even have to color in here. I can buy a hair the color that I want it to be in. We blend and, and, and nip and tuck, and, and it all works out. Um, I definitely also have um, a great team um, that are talented. They're not my sisters or anything. They're, they're artists in their own right, you know, um, amazing colorists that um, I've used on makeover shows. I did something on How Do I Look recently and um, on the Style Network, and w- one of my good friends who's an amazing colorist, she came in and she colored the top of the hair and, we colored the extensions together, you know. I'm not completely ignorant to, you know, how to style or not style hair, but color. Yeah, exactly. I know the logistics, you know what I'm saying, but I, I really like to leave it up to the experts, you know, that, right. you know, when it's their forte, they get it dead on. I don't want to guess, you know, I can help out, but I don't want to guess. And, um, yeah, I got, you know, so we, I said, you know, what? And, you know so I I've to. noticed. Especially on shows like How Do I Look, um, I've noticed like when they take they take the the person to a salon, you notice that in some salons, and just from what I've seen, it looks like mainly like a lot of in a lot of Caucasian salons, where they have people who do nothing but color, you know, right. they have people who do nothing but cut, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. so, it's like, you know, so I can I I totally get it, you know. They're an expert in this area. Someone else is an expert in that area, and someone else, you know, may, they may be great at styling or whatever, you know, or or your basics. So I mean, exactly. I totally get it. It makes a lot yeah. of sense. Mm-hmm. And you know, colorists make a lot of money. Yeah. Rita, oh, yeah. Rita, Rita Hazan in in New York. She is one of the most amazing colorists I know, and has a salon and is very, very, very successful and does tons of celebrities, just their color. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, it's you know, it's everybody out there that may be thinking about, you know, um, venturing off into hair. Like, don't be afraid to, like, have what you do, and you do it the best. It's good. It's okay. You can make tons of money with just doing color. It, you really can. Right. And, um Great money in the business. Mm-hmm. All right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Wow. Man, I've learned a lot tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I, I love have. That. I really have. And can I mean, we talk about how proud I am of you guys and your show? And you know, I'm just thankful that you guys, you know. Um, I would have never thought that I would have been on a radio show with you guys from Stomp the Yard. You know what I right, mean? Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> for me dancing at Stomp the Yard with all those costumes and, and filming and, and going into the hair trailer and makeup trailer, and, you know, <laughs> now I'm, I'm able to be blessed enough to sit down and have a, a conversation with you guys, and, and it means something. Oh, and this is just yeah. this is just the first, Larry. You'll be back. Oh, okay, thank oh, you. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. that. You will definitely be back. And it's it's just amazing to me just listening to some of the things that you shared tonight that you you had a story before we you know when we met you on Stomp the Yard you you accomplished a lot before we met you so you know I'm just hearing a lot of stuff for the first time tonight but you know like on that trailer you said I do makeup but 
we had no mm-hmm. idea all of that stuff, a lot of stuff took place <laughs> before you even said that. Right, exactly. And to the girl who said, uh, he don't do hair. <laughs> baby, baby, baby. Right. <laughs> I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. I wish nothing but love and success to her. I hope she making her money and doing her thing. And, you know, um, I, I hope she wishing me well the way I'm wishing her well, you know. Oh, well, it, it, she so, will be. She will be because the next time I see her, I'm going to tell her. Okay. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so easy to just be negative, you know, and I, I guess, you know, I get it because, you know, I was a dancer on that film, but you just never, you never are supposed to, or at least I've never, you know, um, I've never made anybody feel less than what their talent is. If you tell me that you are Picasso Pan, even though that woman that I talked about that wanted to become a hairstylist that I was in school with that was a cop, I encouraged that woman. And I told that woman, mm-hmm. go ahead on, and I helped that woman, you know what I mean, with, with things that she didn't understand, the things that were complicated to her. I helped her, you know what I mean? It's about encouraging and uplifting each other at Absolutely. the end of the day. It's, at the it's end not of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what else? What's meant for you to be, you're going to be regardless of what they say. So it's Absolutely. nothing that they can do about it. And really, that negative talk just really comes from a place of fear. So honestly, you know, no matter what she says or anybody else says, oh, you know, probably in her mind she was probably, and she may not have really meant a lot by it, but, you know, in her mind she's thinking, oh, he's just a dancer, you know, and not exactly. thinking. But we don't know everybody's story. We don't know everybody's background and where they've come. All we know is that you're here you were Moo Gamma Psy, right? And um, that's I was all a Moo Gamma Psy, yes, I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was and a Moo Gamma. Look, look, look Moo Gamma by day, hairstyle <laughs> by night. So don't get it twisted because I was still doing hair in my hotel room after we was done shooting. Oh, my God. <laughs> I had regulars coming to the hotel in P- uh, up in Buckhead getting their hair done. <laughs> yes, I did. They would throw their heads over the sink or come already washed, and we would do their hair in my room. <laughs> and I would get up in the morning, and I would dance. I would stomp the yard. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I sure would. And everybody thought it was the funniest thing. They're like, how you going to come out to Atlanta and make two checks? Absolutely. Right. Hey, hey. No, that was going on. Had the we way you did it. That, we, look, <laughs> instead of going home, instead of after we wrapped have gone home, we would have uh, we would have drove over the bucket. <laughs> we also drove over the bucket. <laughs> and we had <have> known. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yep. Well, that's you know, okay. And, that's okay because exactly. the next time I'm in LA, I'm driving over to your house. That's all. I know, just that's want right. you to know. Just want I, you to know. I already know. I already know. <laughs> My door yep. is always open. Come on. <laughs> I'm saving up it. now. Well, Larry, we've come to the end of our show, but we want to thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining us. Um, We're definitely going to have you back uh, for sure. And thanks thanks to Maxie also for um, calling in. Yes, thank you. He's always got something funny to say. Everybody enjoys Maxie all the time. (laughs) 
Yes, I love so that. And, and, and to you, baby, don't 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 keep it in for five months no more, please. No, no more dreadlocks. No more dreadlocks. We don't have to do that. No. Eight weeks, no. ladies. Eight weeks. Take Eight it out. Put it in. Take it out, please. Yes. And thank you guys for for having me. I really, really, really enjoy myself, and it, 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 you know. I'm, I'm smiling from ear to ear, and uh, like I said, I'm proud of what you ladies are doing and, and bringing, you know, beauty to the forefront, and um, I'm really honored. It, to my understanding, I'm the first hairstylist, yeah? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. There will only be one first, so I'm proud Absolutely. to have that, that title. Thank you. There you go. There you go. Well, Larry, as we close out, I just wanted to um, remind everybody, um, if you've really enjoyed the show, you can rate us rate the show or you can mark it as a favorite. Um, but also, as we close out, I just wanted to ask you, what inspires you to do what you do? Hmm. Great question. Making people feel amazing inspires me to do what I do, mm. to be honest with you. You know, the other things that come along with it, the travel, the money, the, the, um, the experiences, those are all perks. You know, what drives me the most is to be able to have a woman sit in my chair and and leave or look in the mirror feeling amazing about herself. And, and for me to know that I had anything to do with that is, is joyous for me, and, and um, I'm thankful for that. Mm-hmm. All right. That, that, and, that's and one last thing that I want to say, one last thing, I have a product coming out. At the top of the year, everybody, it's called the Scalp Teak. And what it is is for you hair weave wearers um, and other people abroad, um, you know how you can't scratch a scalp and, you you know, you you use rat tail combs and duck bill clips and all this other kind of stuff. I've developed a tool that's specifically designed to scratch your scalp with your hair weave without damaging your scalp or your hairstyle. And brothers that have dreads, they can use it. Sisters that have updos or buns, they can use it. Ponytails, it's a beautiful thing. It's tipped with 18 karat gold. I'll make sure that you guys get it first. It's called the Scalp Peak. Right. It's going to be all over the place. I'm really excited about it. Great. That's, great. That's good to know. That is good yeah. to know. We're excited about that. Congratulations to you, Larry, for everything that you're doing. Um, and thank you, thank you, thank you. And we are definitely going to be talking to you soon. Okay, you ladies have a lovely evening, and thank you so much for having me on again. Okay, good night. Good night. All right, take care, guys, baby. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on Duty Talk. Uh, We will be back next week with our guest, Sam Fine. Good night. Good night.